Hello and welcome to the St George's podcast. My name's David Edgerton. I'm the rector and lead pastor at St George's. And I'm Roxanne Brundle and I'm the associate pastor at St George's. Um, okay, David, uh, it seems like it's been years since March when we first um, were in lockdown. And now it looks like it could be years before we're out. Um, so tell me, what, what are you feeling about church and about just the situation we find ourselves in? It has absolutely been the strangest time for most of us in our lives. Um, I'm, that's a sweeping generalization, but I'm sure that one or two people listening will resonate. Uh, anyone I've talked to have said they've never experienced anything like this. And it affects the whole of our life. But absolutely for church, uh, we have definitely had to answer a lot of different questions um, and try and work out what it means to be church in this season. Um, and, and now, as you say, we've been, um, we've been in this season for several months. Um, it feels like it's been years. For many people perhaps perhaps if you're listening you resonate with that and there are so many questions we have as we go ahead as, as new information is coming out all the time and we try and work out what it means to be the church um, in this season and i i know that for the first couple of months it was all online it was um, pre-recorded um, but now i think for the last two months it's been in person and how has the transition there. Yeah, we've, I mean, really, the, when you look at it, we, we learned very quickly to do church online. Um, and we were pre-recording services. We were spending the week. I was out as I was out for my socially distant walks. I was filming things to get footage to use in the Sunday video. Um, I was taking photographs of flowers and trees and, and, and landscapes out here in Maple Ridge just to kind of uh, have some some local pictures. Um, some people even commented they enjoyed the video where I think my wife was driving and we were somewhere near church. And so I just said, right, I'm going to film. Can you drive to church? And uh, so I held my phone uh, up and tried to keep it steady, kind of resting it on the dash. And, and we filmed Journey to Church, which became uh, a footage that we used in the Pentecost service. Um, so really a lot of creativity went into the online um, aspect from so many people um, and, and a really committed team who are putting those together every week. So that was a massive learning curve. And then, of course, um, it changed and we could suddenly uh, meet in person again. So we had a whole new learning curve to work out how can we now do in-person worship that is safe. Um, and um, at the same time, we were deeply committed to carrying on with with providing um, online services for people to connect to. So um, that's definitely was um, a, a big, a big shift, two big shifts. It was almost like a, one of those roller coasters where you kind of go up and down and up and down. And the, the first thing was we've moved online. The second thing is now we're doing both online um, and in person. So absolutely um, two very big learning curves there. Don't you, don't you agree? Oh, yes. And I think the interesting thing about um, pre-recording is that you can do over things, whereas with the live stream, as we are now, um, it's live. And so with that comes a bunch of problems. Um, anything that you've noticed that's made it harder to do online live stream? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the big thing with doing it live is um, 
is that it's live. <laughs> and so when you're pre-recording, you have the opportunity to have another go, to check that the sound works, that the visuals are okay. Um, as people have been connecting with us online, um, and we're super excited that we've got some really committed people connecting with us week by week online. Um, and we've just found there's been some teething troubles as, um, you know, effectively, um, once upon a time, this was what television companies did. This, this is what the uh, you know, CBC would do. They're, they're the ones doing live broadcasts. And, and now all of a sudden, here are a few people in a church who are, who are able to put on um, a, a live church service, which is able to be seen by people, and we know is seen by people, live around the world i mean it's quite amazing really how how that shift has taken place and that just in an ordinary church in an ordinary place um the technology now exists um, and is fairly accessible that means we can do that so i mean it's 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 really exciting when you think about it um but also um there are challenges because trying to make sure that the sound is good and the visuals are good and and that it works for both the people who are in the building and the people who are in their homes. That's been um, a, a big challenge. And we have, um, we have a big team uh, week by week trying to make that happen. So it's been uh, a lot of work. Um, but the great thing about it is that week by week, we see an improvement here, an improvement there. Um, and uh, um, it, it's just been wonderful to see uh, the commitment that, that the team have made into saying, you know, we're not just going to do this um, so people can can connect. We're gonna we're gonna do our best to make this as good as we can possibly make it. And I think that that drive for excellence um, has been really heartening. And I also think that as some people realize that they may not be able to be in person at church for a long time. Um, it's really nice to know that they have an option that is getting better and better and better. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as, as, I, as I sit and, and write my sermons um, or talks, as, as we like to call them, uh, to, to make them more accessible, um, as I sit and do that, you know, I'm thinking about the people in our church community. Um, and I think that's the difference. I was kind of reflecting on, well, why would somebody connect with a local church um, when they could connect with um, some of these big churches across Canada, across the States and, and around the world. Um, and, and I think the, the biggest reason is because um, when you connect with a local church um, and you're in that area, then the person writing the sermon, they're shopping in the same place as you. Uh, they've, they've seen um, the they're stuck in the same traffic jams. They've, they've seen the same things happening. They're kind of living the same life that you're living in, in, in that place. And I think it's great to connect with other churches and see what they're doing. But I would encourage anyone listening, you know, wherever you are, um, to be connecting with a local church. Um, because these wonderful big name speakers, when they are writing their talks, um, absolutely, I'm sure they're hearing from God and and but they're not actually necessarily thinking about you where you are in your town, city or village um, or, or community. Um, and that is something that I, I just think there is a place for the local church. Um, and, and I think that's why people are connecting with us. It's because 
we are trying to be um, authentic as a local church. You know, we're, we're not going to be have the most amazing production in the world. Um, and we don't need to because it's about being authentic as um, having an online presence for a local church um, and, and not trying to be a global mission. That being said, of course, it is great when people can connect with us from afar. And I wouldn't say don't. I'd say please, please join us. But, um, but I, think, I think there is something about, um, about the local that's really important in all this. Um, so, of course, one of the big problems with COVID is that we aren't able to meet um, together as, as a large group. So I know there's people that meet in person, um, but it's for 45 minutes, it's social distanced, then they're out in the parking lot, and maybe there's a few bits of conversation, but a majority of our people are actually just watching online. And so we're entering an era that's very different. This is, we've never done this as Christians, where we can't meet together, where we can't connect on a physical um, plane. So how do we stay connected when we can't meet? Yeah, I think it means the onus has to be on the individual even more. Um, you know, I, I think of, you know, when I, when I went to school um, and I remember the teachers would say, um, you could learn this stuff at home on your own, but you come to school to learn it here because um, it's just easier. It's just easier for you if you just, all you have to do is show up. Um, and so I, I think, is it possible to be a Christian and not go to church has been a question um, that um, people have asked me for all the years I've been involved in ministry, um, especially preparing families with infants for baptism or dedication or Thanksgiving services, that kind of thing, um, where people often assert, well, I don't have to be a Christian. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Um, and I, th I think that is a real challenge because it is the easiest way to be a Christian is to go and hang out with other Christians. Um, so if you don't physically attend a service, then I think you've just got to kind of do double the homework. Um, you need to be intentional about keeping in touch with people um, in, in the church community. Um, if you're in a life group, keep in touch with your life group. If you're not in a life group or a small group in whatever church you're at, um, then find one. Um, if, you're, if you're part of St. George's listening now, then, and you're not connecting with a small group of people, um, even virtually, then just get in touch with us and, and, and we'd love to find some people to connect you with. Um, because it, it, it is really lonely time. Um, and, I, and I think that um, the onus has to be on each individual saying, you know, you know what you need um, and, um, and just ask and just to ask and say, can you, can you help me connect with, with other people? So I think, I think being connected is, um, is really difficult. For those who are watching online, um, what's been really fun is seeing interaction in the comments. Um, and we've got our, our production team at the back of church putting things together. And um, many of you have said hello or got a response from somebody who's, who's in the service and helping, helping make the online live stream happen. So that, that's fun. And then people just chatting with each other in the comments. So uh, that, that's a really great way. Um, and, uh, and for us, um, being at the church, putting on a service which is live streamed, it is so heartening to see people are engaging in that way. Um, and, and just, just partly because it's a measure um, that the time and effort we're putting into live stream um, is, is worth it because 
Um, in a sense, uh, there's that verse in the Bible about just, you know, casting your bread upon the waters. And, and, and in a sense, that's, that's what we're doing. We're putting the service out there. Uh, we don't know where it's going to land. We don't know who's going to watch it. Um, we, we don't know who's going to hear it. The same with podcasts like this. Uh, so we just have to trust um, that as we put it out, um, that, that, that it will do its thing. And, um, and that does put an emphasis on the individual to say, you know what, for me, I need to connect with a load of people. I'm going to find a way to do that. Um, what ideas do you have about that? Well, I was just thinking, um, I think personally for myself, um, finding two people that I connect with on a regular basis, that I tell my hopes, my fears, my dreams, that I talk about my prayer requests, that I talk about some of my struggles is really important. And the greatest thing about today is technology. So for those of our listeners, if you have a smartphone and you have one or two other people that you can connect with on a regular basis, that's the start. You can even say, today I'm doing this, will you pray for me? Today I'm going here, can you pray for me? I'm worried about this, what do you think about it? It doesn't have to be big, as long as you're connecting with someone, someone who is on the same journey as you, someone who knows Jesus and can help you remember who Jesus is in the tough times. David, probably one of the things that um, seems to be pretty important in, in the Anglican church, or used to be anyway, was communion, a, a time when people could come and connect in a very different way that they could come to the front, they could receive the bread and wine, they could be reminded about who Jesus is for them, they could recommit themselves, they can surrender who they are. What's happening with communion? Yeah, I mean, um, communion is something that has always been really important for Anglicans. It's fascinating actually looking through church history though, seeing how uh, the frequency at which you receive communion for all Christians has been, um, ha has changed. There were times when communion was every kind of four times a year. Um, and then you get these big revivals around communion when they happened at Easter or, or whenever, um, thinking back to some of the revivals um, in, in Scotland and places many years ago. Um, and, and then there was a, a season where communion would happen every, every month. Um, back in the uh, middle of the 20th century, uh, the weekly communion movement became really popular. Um, and, and really that's, the, um, that's where we are today in the Anglican Church of Canada. Um, I do not like generalizing about the Anglican Church of Canada because it is so broad and there are so many opinions. But, but if I was to say broadly, the Anglican Church of Canada has for, in my estimation, since the middle of the, the 20th century, um, weekly communion has been um, a thing. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been something that's, that's been practiced in, in, in most places. And, um, uh, and, and of course, what we've seen since the pandemic is, well, when we can't meet in person, then we can't have communion. Um, Communion services have been online, um, but the understanding we have as Anglicans is that, that we have to be physically present um, in order to uh, receive um, bread and wine um, that has been blessed um, by, the, by the celebrant, by the priest in the service. So, um, and of course, 
now we're meeting in person. There's certainly, um, at least in our diocese, New Westminster, there's been a, um, a wise and cautious approach um, to coming back to church um, because we, we just want to be careful. Um, we were all familiar with the news. Um, you know, if something happens in a church somewhere, um, as we've seen in different parts of the world, it does make the news. Um, and, you know, none of us want our churches to be in the news because there's been an outbreak. Um, so I think it's really good to be cautious. Um, so in Diocese of New West, we have uh, been beginning to see parishes uh, reinstate having communion services in person from the middle of August. Um, what I found really interesting is that I haven't heard of, of too many people who uh, would really love to have communion quite soon. I think one or two people uh, is all I've heard from who would actually um, really like us to uh, get a move on and have communion again in person. But that's been quite interesting for me because my understanding was a lot of people uh, say communion is really important, um, but they haven't been asking. So if, if you know, if all I'd say as ever is if you're listening and you're part of St. George's and you'd love to have communion, do let me know because um, uh, mind reading is not one of the gifts I was blessed with. And um, <laughs> I'm sure many clergy have said that through the years. And so um, all I'm seeing is there is a there is a sense that people aren't wanting to rush. And I think one of the reasons for that is because when we start having communion in person, it's not going to look like communion has looked like. Um, we're going to have to make sure we're socially distant from each other. Um, the person giving communion, which is me <laughs> in our church, and the person receiving will both need a mask on. We'll all be washing our hands just before we, 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 we do this. Um, and um, it will only be bread and not wine, um, and, and it will be the little wafers, and the wafer will need to be dropped in the um, communicant's hand, so, so it can't be handed as it normally would. It will kind of have to be dropped, which uh, is, is, is a whole new set of things that I think, um, I think takes away for a lot of us from, from the nature of communion. Um, it will just be interesting to see um, how it's happened. I've heard from people in, in other churches who've, who found the whole thing quite distracting, where someone was, for example, um, using a pair of tweezers so that they didn't touch the communion wafer, um, and, then, and then taking the twe tweezers and, to hold the communion, and, and it was kind of hard to pick them up, and, and how distracting that was. So I think that people are just really mindful of of wanting to make sure that as we go back to doing these things that we've done for so long, it, it needs to kind of feel like it did. And, and if it doesn't feel like that, then maybe we hold off for a bit longer. Um, so where we are um, at the time of recording this is, is we've not yet got communion in person at St. George's um, and we'll wait and see where people are. Um, and if that's something um, that people want to do, then, then we can work out how to make it happen safely. Um, but, you know, I, I would just encourage people, as I have been doing all the way through the pandemic, uh, open the Bible, if you're a Christian, uh, read the passages about communion. There's a, there's a bit of the liturgy that says, every time we do this, um, you know, and, and so I would say every time you're eating bread or drinking wine or juice, um, remember Jesus' death on the cross. Um, and, and make that something you do at all your meal times. And then re really that's where kind of saying grace uh, works. 
we're, we're, we're stopping before we eat any meal and we're giving thanks to the one who provides for us. Um, so that might be something you can do with your family or if you're in a bubble, um, just take some time um, to, to break bread together um, in that space um, and, and um, to, to dwell in the, in, in the act of it. Um, it is not a communion service, but um, there is a sense of being able to remember Jesus's um, death on the cross and, and the Last Supper uh, every time we eat. Yeah, yeah. So I think the church as a whole has got a lot of thinking to do about what the next phase is. But I want us to talk for just a couple of minutes about us personally. And by that, I mean people in general. How are we going to navigate this next couple of months, years, in a very new reality. Um, and I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts, and I'll give you some thoughts after, about some practical things we can do to, to survive as a Christian and just as a human being in a world where we can't do what we were meant to do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating just seeing how the predictions have changed. We went from this will be a few months to it might be next spring, and then it will be, depending on who you listen to, it's going to be the whole of 2021, 2022. Um, IATA, which is the organization that represents airlines, are saying they don't see a return to, to travel at a 2019 level, as in pre-pandemic. They don't see that return happening until at least 2024. Um, and so as we, as we begin to hear these things, it's almost like I think that there's this realization that's happening um, in... In, in each of us that, you know, this isn't a quick thing. We're gonna be in this for a while. And, and when you know you're, you're doing something for a while, um, you, you change the way you respond. I mean, I think of, you know, anyone that's been away for a weekend um, and, and you go and do 40, a 48 hour city break somewhere um, and you cram as much as you can into those 48 hours. Contrast that with if you, if you happen to have the, the joy of going away somewhere for two or three weeks, you kind of might do one thing a day and you have a bit more time to relax in between and you're not trying to get so much done because you know you're there for a while. And I think that's, that's, that, that's what we're beginning to, to realize with COVID is we're in this for a while. Um, and so we, we can't just stay um, hiding away and, and hoping that COVID will come and go if we're in this for a long time. And, and I think that's the once for me personally, kind of as I begin to realize that, then I start to, to make decisions based on um, you know, a year or two as opposed to just the next week or two. And so practically, I think, um, I think it's being careful with how we run our households, how we look after our household budgets, you know, how, we, how we make sure that we have the things in the house that we need if there's another lockdown. Um, you know, the, the shelves are full again of toilet paper. So go out and buy some. <laughs> Don't panic buy it. I'm not saying that, but but how can we make sure that that we've got these things? And 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 the whole toilet paper um, issue is is around us basically. I think feeling that um, that we're we're going to be okay. Um, that that we've got what we need for for a, for a period of time. Um, and and it's not that toilet paper is what you need in a pandemic, but it's just that sign of, we want to do something as people. We want to, we want to do something so that we feel we're being productive. 
Um, and I think, I think, I think that kind of, as that feeds into our whole lives in this season, what can we do that's productive, um, that will that will help us um, in this time? You know, people are people are enjoying being outside, meeting on back decks and front porches and those kinds of things. And it's it's beginning to see well, how how can we change what we do um, to make it more COVID safe, more stuff outside. I think also a realization that life there's no certainty in life. And I think that maybe prior to the pandemic, most of us were thinking, well, in five years, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna travel. Um, I'm gonna be able to hold on to my job. This is what I'm gonna buy. So we, our financial security is shaken. Um, our emotional security is shaken. I think also people are realizing that um, our mortality is, is questioned. Um, all of a sudden we have today and that's all we know of. And as Christians, we've always known that, but it's almost like the whole world is catching up. And the whole world is saying, okay, all we know is what we know today. And especially with this virus, we know new things every day. Nothing is for sure. Um, we're hoping for a vaccine, but maybe it's not gonna work. And so there's a, there's a really, I think there's a, a need for us to hang on to something. And I think that's where um, our faith and our knowledge of God is really important. Understanding that that He um, is faithful, that He is new every morning, and that He is someone we can count on when we can't actually count on anything else. Uh, and I, so I, I challenge um, Christians as a whole to hold fast to what they know about God because there's actually nothing else we know for sure right now. Yeah, absolutely. Great um, words of encouragement there. And um, so, so what practical things can we take away? Uh, what practical things can we do? Well, I think one of the things you said from the beginning is that it is important to realize that it's up to us. Um, we, many of us don't live with our parents. We're in our 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, it's up to us. Um, I remember when I was 30 thinking, oh, how can I make this decision? And I realized you're grown up. And I think for a lot of us, we have to take stock of what we need and we have to look after ourselves. And so that's not just on the spiritual plane, which you were talking about. I think it's also on the physical plane. How are we doing? Have we been to the doctors? You know, this is gonna happen. We're gonna be in this state for two years. Don't put off the doctor's appointment if you need to go to the doctors. If you're not feeling well, you need to go. No one is gonna be nagging you at home because you don't have that many people in your bubble. So you need to take care of yourself in that way. I think the other thing we need to do is we need to look at how are we doing emotionally and mentally. Some people um, struggle with mental illness and they know it and they are having people look after them. But right now, more people are struggling with depression, are struggling with a sense of a loss of who they are. And so they need to find someone to talk to, whether it be a counselor, whether it may be in the beginning be one of us through contacting our contact form on our website and we can steer you towards somebody. But the idea that nobody is watching out for us we need to watch out for ourselves. And I think if everybody listening would realize, how am I doing? How am I doing physically? How am I doing mentally? How am I doing spiritually? What do I need to do to basically live out 
as fully as I can during this uncertain time. Um, we're going to talk on a future podcast about money and a lot of people um, have questions and worries about money and concerns about debt. Um, and uh, I, I think that's a whole nother area. I, my sense is a lot of people um, are under anxiety and stress because of debt. Um, and that's come from um, essentially spending too much money. Um, that sounds really obvious, but, but I think a lot of us just spend more money than we have um, quite easily because that's the way the world is wired. And, and, and now's the time to say, you know, we, we can't afford to be doing that because we don't know how long we're in this pandemic. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I know for me, I have a concern of, of what is the tax situation going to look like for the rest of my life? Because all this money that the government's handing out, which they need to do in this moment, um, that's going to have to come back from somewhere. So I, I think there's a, um, a real, it's, it's a real time to kind of take stock and go, okay, I need to just evaluate my life. I need to be a good steward of, of all that I have um, and, and make some decisions around that. Um, and I think that a number of people might be feeling the same. What, I just, just, a, just a thought um, before we end. Um, Tolstoy, in a short story, written years and years ago, um, asked a hermit three very important questions. He asked him, what is the most important time? What is the most important person to talk to? And what is the most important thing to do? And I think his answers were brilliant. And for this time, it's important for us to remember. The most important time is the time we have right now. That's the only time that we're sure of, the only time that we know about. The most important person is the one we're connecting with right now, because we don't know when we'll see them again. We don't know when we'll connect with them again. And the most important thing to do is what you're doing right now. So I think sometimes um, as we plan for future, we also have to appreciate the now, because the now is all we know for sure, other than that we are journeying on this, on this journey with God himself. Awesome. That is a great way to finish this uh, um, eighth episode of the St. George's podcast. Um, we have a new Instagram account for our podcast. The address is at St. George's podcast. So you can find us on Instagram and connect with us on there. Uh, as we've said through the podcast, there are all sorts of reasons you might want to connect with somebody. Um, and whether you're part of our church community or not, uh, reach out to us uh, use the contact form on our website, stgeorgemapleridge.ca, um, and we will do our best to signpost um, or provide support um, as appropriate. We are really grateful that you've joined us. Uh, thank you so many of you for subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't worked out how to subscribe to a podcast yet, it's quite easy. Uh, on your phone, um, if you're listening to a podcast on your phone, in your podcasting app, there will be a little button that said subscribe. Uh, what that means is each time a new podcast is released, uh, it will notify you and uh, you, can, you can hear it as soon as it's released. Um, so any closing thoughts, Roxanne? Just to, for everyone to know that if there's anything that you would actually like us to deal with or talk about in our podcast, to make sure you let us know in the comments. Fantastic. Thanks again for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you again very soon.